0: Hello, everybody. Tracy, Mrs. J-Dog Flanagan here with you today. I'm the co-founder and senior vice president here at J-Dog Brands. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Tactical Treasures. Our podcast gives veterans, mill spouses, and active military service members a voice in the veteran space to speak about their service, how they're affecting their communities post-service, and a tactical treasure from their past that has shaped their journey in their military career, life, or business. Today, I have the honor of speaking with General David Petraeus. General David H. Petraeus, four-star general, U.S. Army retur- retired, is a partner in the global investment firm KKR and a chairman of the KKR Global Institute. He is also a member of the boards of Optive and OneStream, a personal venture investor, and engaged in various academic endeavors. Prior to joining KKR, General Petraeus served over 37 years in the U.S. military, culminating his career with six consecutive commands five of which were in combat, including command of the surge in Iraq, command of U.S. Central Command, and command of forces in Afghanistan. Following retirement from the military, he served as the director of the CIA from 2011 through 2012. Among his amazing academic achievements and numerous awards in the military, General Petraeus was named one of America's 25 best leaders by U.S. News and World Report, a runner-up for Time Magazine's Person of the Year, and so many other incredible accomplishments. Your bio is really amazing, sir. Uh, Couldn't possibly read it all, but hopefully I caught a lot of the highlights. So welcome to the podcast, General.
1: Great to be with you, Tracy, and thanks for not noting that the individual who beat me out for Time Man of the Year uh, was none other than Vladimir Putin.
0: Oh, no.
1: <laughs> this is uh, personal.
0: Oh, yes. I'm sure it is. I, I totally understand. <laughs> so, General, could you tell us a little bit about your distinguished, distinguished military uh, career, sir?
1: Well, I was enormously privileged to serve for over 37 years in uniform, uh, to have a substantial number of commands as you noted uh, and in particular to serve with our men and women in uniform in combat for uh, four years in iraq uh, a year in afghanistan and then over 19 months in the greater middle east uh, when i was the u.s central command commander uh, and then of course just to serve as the director of the cia with another extraordinary workforce uh, our intelligence professionals in the Central Intelligence Agency.
0: That's, uh, yeah, very interesting uh, work that you did there, sir. Um, what aspect of your military career do you think had the greatest impact on you?
1: Well, again, each assignment was special and unique and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if I'm asked what is the one that you reflect on as being most significant, I think it would have to be the command of the surge in Iraq. Indeed, I think that any of our men and women in uniform who were part of that particular endeavor uh, from 2007 through uh, the better part of 2008 realizes how significant it was to be part of something that helped pull a country back from the brink of a full-on Sunni-Shia civil war. Uh, The situation in Iraq was very desperate. Uh, The month that the president made the decision to conduct a surge uh, and picked a new commander and ambassador. Uh, December of 2006, uh, there were 53 dead bodies, civilian dead bodies due to violence every 24 hours Mm -hmm. just in Baghdad, the capital of Iraq alone. So this is a country that was, again, very close to being out of control and very close to being into, again, a full on civil war. And what our men and women in uniform did then uh, together with our coalition partners and our Iraqi security force partners was really quite significant, really something of enormous uh, historic achievement.
0: Yes. Yes. I I would have to agree. Truly well said. Hello listeners and everybody viewing. Thank you so much for joining us for another exciting episode of the tactical treasure podcast. Um, We've just been speaking uh, with general David Petraeus And he is involved, and his wife actually sits on the Board of Advisors for the FallenPatriots.org. You can check out that website. And their whole mission is about helping children of fallen patriots with educational opportunities and educational counseling. So you can go check out what they're doing there on their website. Uh, you can donate, you can join a fundraiser, you can run a fundraiser. And so go, please check it out, see what they're doing there. Could you uh, tell us about what you're doing now post-service? You're, you're involved with uh, KKR, partnering with them. And could you talk a little bit about the work that you're doing there?
1: Sure. I was brought on by the uh, two of the three co-founders of KKR who uh, con- continued at that time to be the co-CEO's and uh, are now our co executive chairman, uh, Henry Travis and George Roberts, to establish the KKR Global Institute, uh, which I think, as we look at it now in particular, given the situation in the world, was really a, uh, a very thoughtful move uh, because geopolitics and geopolitical risk have become so important in the investment process. Uh, KKR, just for those who don't know it, uh, is one of the world's major investment firms. It has nearly $500 billion under management. Uh, We own about 110 companies around the world, and we have minority interests in at least another 100. Uh, And the Global Institute that I'm privileged to chair uh, seeks during the diligence process while we're examining a company for a potential investment, potentially for buying it overall, Uh, to determine what are the geopolitical risks. We integrate that with the macroeconomic analysis and and the risks that are identified there. And then those are also identified by a terrific team uh, that looks at environmental, social and governance uh, issues. Uh, We put all that together uh, as the deal team is examining the financial aspects of the potential investment go to the investment committee and essentially give thumbs up, but more importantly, I think, and sometimes thumbs down I've actually, we've vetoed several deals uh, over the nine years that I've been the chairman of the KKR Global Institute. Um, but what we're really trying to do is when we identify risks in any of these categories is to mitigate them, to provide ways in which we can de-risk a potential investment when it comes to the geopolitical aspects, the macroeconomic analysis Uh, that identify as risks, and then also the governance uh, risks that are identified as well. By the way, we have added as well, a cybersecurity analysis uh, to this overall uh, package of identification of risks. Uh, This has proved increasingly important um, as Mm -hmm. we have returned to a world of great power rivalries, uh, as the term is, uh, the description, uh, it is increasingly important that we do this kind of analysis Uh, because it is a much more significant factor than it was even nine years ago when I was uh, brought on by KKR uh, and eight years ago, or more than eight years ago, when I was made a partner in the firm. Uh, I found it to be very, very intellectually stimulating work. Uh, I've also joined the boards of two of the companies that we own. I'm a strategic advisor for another. Um, I'm also... For what it's worth, a a personal venture capitalist, uh, if you will, uh, with investments in 25 startups, all of them obviously approved by KKR compliance. Uh, We're very careful about that Uh, and still engaged in a variety of academic endeavors. Uh, Currently, I'm a lecturer at Yale and uh, a senior fellow there as well and have some others around the world also. Um, So it's been a very, very full uh, existence, if you will, since leaving government. Uh, Again, it's very intellectually stimulating. Uh, it's enjoyable, uh, and yet I still have time to to spend time with our three grandkids, uh, <laughs> our kids, and, and and my wife, and so forth.
0: So, not retiring anytime soon, right? Semi-retired. <laughs>
1: no, I think um, you know there are some of us that sort of have to keep on swimming, uh, uh, yeah. as they say. And mm-hmm. if if we stop, that would be a, a a terrible thing. I think.
0: Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, I get you there. I'm I'm the same way. Love what I do at J-Dog every day. And uh, we're not stopping. People are wondering if we're, you know, going on an island or retiring or, and we're not. We're we're in here every day, Jerry and myself, working right alongside of our staff. We have a lot of work to do with our veterans. You know, they need a lot of of, uh, help. And I understand that one of the arms, if I'm not mistaken, of KKR is helping transitional uh, veterans transition. Um, Is that an employment arm or how do you assist there?
1: Well, in fact, I'm involved with that. I'm the chairman of what's called the Vets at Work uh, Initiative that we have at KKR. Uh, This is basically an effort to uh, help our companies, again, the companies that we own, the companies in which we have investments, uh, recognize the tremendous potential that veterans mm-hmm. have for them, and also veteran spouses. We believe that both categories uh, bring significant expertise, experiences. Uh, in the case of veterans, in particular, leadership roles that they've had in the past, and obviously a variety of technical uh, skills and so forth as well. Um, mm-hmm. it, we're at a point, frankly, where our companies don't need that kind of encouragement anymore. When I first joined KKR, the unemployment rate for veterans was a good bit higher than the general unemployment rate. Uh, now, I'm sure you know the uh, unemployment rate, especially for former active duty uh, service members is a good bit lower than that of the general population. Uh, and so we, we believe that our companies now, we don't have the final numbers yet, we're gathering them. that We're quite confident that we have hired over 100,000 veterans and spouses over the nine or 10 years of this program. Uh, Annually, we come together usually with other firms of our type at a military post uh, that is a very significant one and surrounded by a lot of veterans uh, and host a job fair. Again, in the beginning, it used to be that I had to do a little bit of encouragement or arm twisting of our companies to get them there. Uh, That quickly ended. Now they're fighting to find out when the next uh, such gathering will be and to get the most advantageous positions. Uh, that they can for their firm uh, in those particular gatherings. So I think this is something that has happened nationwide. Uh, I'd like to think we had a little bit to do with it, but really it's the reality uh, that companies have recognized how impressive uh, our veterans are, how important their skills, their expertise, and their experiences are, and frankly, how significant uh, value uh, is brought by their spouses as well.
0: Yeah. Well, you're speaking my language, sir. Uh, We're all about Uh that here at uh, J-Dog. One of the many hats that I wear here at J-Dog is uh, workforce resources and trying to help our J-Dog's franchise owners connect with uh, veteran hiring resources because they want to hire their brothers and sisters. Um, We're nearly 300 uh, territories uh, across the country. And uh, we're probably about close to, I would say, 90% veteran-owned. Um, and uh, it's really been a, a great thing. Our, our goal here at, at Dog is to get the veteran unemployment under 1%. So we're working hard towards that. And um, it's, it's wonderful to hear that you're partnering with, um, you know, uh, civilian companies that are that are understanding the the many attributes that that our service members bring to the table uh, for any role that they would uh, walk into. Um, I know many years yeah, back it's been a struggle. let me point out here,
1: if I could, Tracy. You mm-hmm. know, this is not. Um, charity by our businesses. Um, it, it may have been maybe in the beginning, uh, you know, it was, you know, that hiring veterans is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But increasingly, the businesses found this is the smart thing to do. Uh, again, Correct. they fight to get veterans now. Uh, and that unemployment rate, I think uh, if you stripped out, and of course, you also have to understand the numbers, those veterans that are in school. Uh, enabled by the new GI Bill are actually treated as unemployed. Uh, And so it would be much smaller were that not the case, because the number of veterans wisely are using the benefits that they have earned uh, to improve their civilian education or their skills training. Um, But the bottom line is that we're way past the time where we had to convince businesses that it was a wise move to hire veterans. Uh, They're way ahead of us now on that. And now the the only challenge is just hooking them up with the this small pool of veterans that remains unemployed at this mm-hmm. point in time. And frankly, I think that veterans are also experiencing what those in the general workforce are as well, uh, that there are many new job opportunities out there. And indeed, we're at a time of historically low unemployment uh, and histi- historically high job opportunities.
0: Yes. Uh, I was just going to say, General, that I understand that it is totally not a charity. And it's nice to hear that we're all on the other side of that um, mm-hmm. and, and wanting our veterans in into the workforce. So that that's great. Hello, listeners. We really want to thank you for tuning in and enjoying all the episodes of Tactical Treasures. We're talking to amazing veterans and mill spouses in the veteran space, and it's just been an amazing experience. And thank you so much for tuning in. But hey, if you want to check out j Dog. Look us up on JDOG.com. And if you go to JDOG.com, you'll find out everything about JDOG. You'll be able to book a service, either junk removal and hauling or a carpet cleaning and floor care service. You can even look into our franchise or you can even look at employment. Our JDOG franchise owners are hiring all across the country and they love to hire their fellow veterans and service members. And if you want to know more about our J Dog Foundation, we're doing amazing things supporting irreverent warriors and stop soldier suicide, preventing PTSD and combating veteran suicide. So check us out jdog.com. Thank you. Okay, so part of our podcast here is that uh, that you would share with me maybe a tactical treasure we call it, but it could be something physical or a piece of advice or a motto that that has kind of helped you along along your way, maybe in your military career or just in your life in general? Is there, is there something that you'd like to share with us?
1: Well, I'm mean, share a couple of things then. Okay, um, sure. One please. is just, you know, and this is so um, such a statement of the obvious, but of course, keep in mind that retired four stars are expected to state the obvious from time <laughs> to time. But but of the course. idea that life is a competitive endeavor, it, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, when I am asked by young people, uh, you know, what would you like to share with us? That's what I share. You don't get a T-shirt or a trophy in the real world just for showing up. You get it for excellence. And I keep in mind, though, that this is not just about individual excellence, although so that that's very important. It's also about excellence as a team player. In fact, I wrote something for LinkedIn some months back about that and noted that during the fight to Baghdad, when I was privileged to command the great 101st Airborne Division, I realized that the greatest contribution we could make to the overall mission uh, of the force there, which of course was ultimately to topple the regime uh, in Baghdad to to topple uh, Saddam Hussein, uh, was that we could support the main effort unit in a way that we'd not been intent on doing in the beginning. We all wanted to take Baghdad International Airport. That was seen as the prize. We're an air assault division. We wanted to air assault on it. The 82nd Airborne Division, they wanted to jump on it. And of course, the armored, uh, the heavy division that was the main effort wanted to do a thunder run to it. And I realized fairly early on, you know, we need to subordinate our desire to air assault into history uh, and support that main effort, as you should. Uh, so we pushed our Apaches out in front of them when they asked for additional 155 millimeter howitzer ammunition we just sent them our the entire 155 millimeter unit uh, with the guns because it was already uploaded and it would have taken longer to download the ammunition and transload it and in fact when the uh, my fellow division commander asked for an infantry battalion uh, we are assaulted one of those right to where they needed it which is in fact at the baghdad international airport where they were experiencing a lot of dismounted infantry actions for which they didn't have substantial numbers of uh, dismounted infantrymen. So um, again, I think it's hugely important to recognize that, again, folks don't give you something out there. Again, you don't just get something for participating or for the gentleman's B. Nobody should be proud to be average. Um, you have to show excellence, but it should be excellence, again, not just as an individual, but as a team player uh, as well. And then perhaps just one other Uh, item, which is the idea that luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Uh, Yes, you know, many of us have been lucky. Those who are successful, I think, would say that luck uh, played a role in that success. Uh, But also what really played a role in is that folks worked really, really hard. So when that opportunity came along, uh, they were able to turn it into a, a moment that appeared lucky for them. Um, many of us during our time in uniform, you know, we just spent years, decades preparing for that moment, uh, when the, the chance might come or the request might come for us to perform a particular mission. Um, and that certainly, I'd like to think was the the case in my career. I spent years, decades, again, studying various aspects of our profession so that when the moment came to, to be asked by president Bush to command the surge, Uh, that we certainly at least had the intellectual foundation for that. We understood what we needed to do. And again, it was not just me. It was a whole team of individuals, uh, all of whom had had repetitive tours in Iraq and had sought to learn from those experiences, uh, so that if if the moment did arrive, uh, that we would be prepared for it. Uh, So again, I think that's the other really important piece to impart, uh, is how significant it is really to be prepared for that moment if it does come, uh, noting that it does not come for everyone, uh, but that if it does come, uh, that that we're all prepared for it.
0: Really great pieces of advice. Um, yeah. Lovely nu- nuggets to kind of take away, sir. Um, so I understand that you... Kind of had some fun things that you did. Um, you threw out the first pitch for the uh, World Series and That's tragic, tossing the coin for the Super Bowl. How, what was that like?
1: You know, I thought the Super Bowl was just going to be a lark because, you know, how hard is throwing a <laughs> coin in the air? But it turned out that the coin was encased in a large slab of plastic. so i really actually had to practice for that nowhere near as much as i practiced (laughs) for throwing a pitch but by the way i threw that pitch from the top of the mound the rubber not from down on the grass the way somebody some folks choose to toss the ball to the catcher Um, we actually opened the national stadium reopened for us they were already out of the world series and uh, we we practiced there for a couple of days before flying down to tampa and throwing out the pitch down there for the Tampa Bay Bucs game. Um, it was an enormous thrill, uh, but it was, that was a, that's a, a moment with a degree of tension because you, you don't want to sail it over the catcher's head or throw it into the dirt in front of the plate.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely would have needed a lot of practice for that. <laughs> well, good for you. Really good stuff. Um, so it, it, I believe that there's a foundation that you wanted to, can you just tell us a little bit about that? And we do definitely want to promote it, um, and and I'd love to hear a little bit about it.
1: Well, I'm privileged to support a number of nonprofits that support veterans uh, and families uh, of the fallen. And the one I'd really like to single out is Children of Fallen Patriots. What it does is seek to ensure that children of those who were killed in the line of duty in uniform uh, will be able to go to college. Uh, That's something that that obviously the fallen uh, mother or father would have very much wanted for uh, his or her son or daughter uh, and we work very hard to ensure that that opportunity is there for them when they arrive at that moment. Uh, It's a really wonderful organization. Uh, The founder, who is a West Point graduate who lost a a non-commissioned officer uh, in the invasion of Panama, and then went on to a considerable degree of success in the investment world, uh, founded it together with his wife. They did all the admin for a number of years, uh, very low overhead. Uh, And an organization on, on whose board my wife actually sits, but one that I have supported very actively uh, for a number of years.
0: That's really great. Yeah, we, we need to uh, take care of our children um, of the fallen, definitely. And I'm, I'm glad you're doing that work. Um, it's so needed. Um, so, sir, if we want to check out everything that you're doing, how can we uh, follow you or get in touch with you?
1: Well, I'm, I'm only on one social media, and that's LinkedIn, if that qualifies as social media. I, I, I think it does. Sure. Um, but i'm you know somewhat active there I, I do do a daily update on uh how the war in ukraine is going in particular i'm on the board of the institute for the study of war they do a terrific daily update and i just sort of skinny their update down a bit uh, make sure that we get the key takeaways from it that fit the sort of linkedin number of uh, spaces um and and then a few other uh, items that i share on there
0: okay great great well, sir, it has been an honor to take this time to speak with you and hear about everything that you're doing with KKR and, and your other academic endeavors. And um, we look forward to following you on LinkedIn and checking everything out.
1: Well, thanks, Tracy. And congratulations to you and J-Dog and all that you have achieved for our veterans as well.
0: Oh, thank you, sir. Okay, well, you take care.
1: Great to be with you.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Listeners, we've just been having such an exciting discussion with General David Petraeus, and you can find him on LinkedIn. He's pretty active there, and you can read. He does little updates on what's going on with uh, the war on Ukraine, and you can also check out KKR, where he is a partner, kkr.com. And also, don't forget about FallenPatriots.org website if you want to check out uh, what they're doing there with helping uh, children of our fallen patriots with educational opportunities. You can donate, join a fundraiser, run a fundraiser. So check it out. Be sure to follow him on LinkedIn. And thank you so much for joining us.